Welcome back to the Lockbox Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Dominguez, and I have with me here today, Justin Tiso of Precision Home Loans. We're gonna discuss all things real estate lending, work-life balance, customer service, and more. I'm excited to have with me today, Justin Tiso of Precision Home Loans. Justin's been a partner of mine and on my team, a lender for a long time in the Central Valley, and one that after the first transaction, I knew I could count on to get things done and communicate and uh, provide a real service to the client because he's on top of it and, and he knows what he's doing. So it's it's welcome to the podcast today. Appreciate you coming and spending some time with us. Yeah, I appreciate it much. I'm very, very excited. Never done a podcast, so this is going to be uh, first for me. Good, very good. Well, it's, it's it's a lot easier than you'd think. It's just, we'll just have a casual conversation about what you do on a regular basis and kind of uh, pull out some highlights here and there. So I'm sure you get asked all the time about the market. We'll get there a little bit later, but why don't you first kind of just share with us a little background of, of who you are? Yeah, so um, I've been, well, Central Valley since uh, 99. I originally grew up uh, outside of Philadelphia in a little suburb called Yardley and then um, tried to uh, pursue a professional snowboard career out here in California for about four years. Um, blessing in disguise, ended up compression fracturing my back wow. and um, ended up realizing I should probably go to school and get a real job and never thought I'd sit at a desk my whole life. But here I am since 2007, been doing lending, um, been in retail with Wells Fargo originally, was starting in 2010. So did that for um, about 12 years and then um, about 2020. Around that time, we ended up um, taking off from Wells Fargo, about a group of maybe 15 or 20 of us, and we started Precision Home Loans here in Central Valley. Very good. So how old were you when you had your snowboarding accident? I was uh, 24. And I bet that was kind of a, I mean, you, so you had all kinds of things that flashed before your eyes, probably your future, oh, future careers. Your... Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was long enough when I was going off the jump when I'm spinning in the air and I can, I'm looking at the landing, realizing that I'm still going out when I should be going down onto the landing, oh, wow. having enough time to realize, you know, you do this thing, it's called rolling up the windows. You literally try to, it's, yeah. like, it's, like, a, it's like jumping out of a building. You try to, I float, can visualize try to float through the air, realizing this is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. And then you hit and realize, you know, I landed on my feet, but it was, it was the biggest impact ever. I, I could kind of compare it to like, if your spine is like a slinky and it normally goes like this, but all of a sudden it just went closed wow. and it couldn't open up. All I wanted my friends to do is have one pull my arm and one pull my legs. I feel yeah. like I was literally compressed, but um, I had to get airlifted off the mountain. You know, they thought I had internal bleeding. It was, it was scary. I ended up walking out of the hospital, luckily. And um, like I said, you know, blessing in disguise. It was really just an eye opener of realizing, okay, that, that was a dream, and sometimes dreams are okay to be left as just that. Who did you have a mentor early on when you became a lender? How, what was the roadmap to success? For you? Yeah, so um, you know, I started out with you know on Wells Fargo's subprime side. So we were doing um, lending that typical someone with a you know good credit was not coming to us. Someone who had credit troubles needed to either access equity through multiple different channels. But um, I had a business partner by the name of Caleb Berry that basically he would be my guy within the retail division that I would, you know, if, if someone would come to me to do a loan and I realized this wasn't, this wasn't a subprime deal, this is a paper, you know, I'd get it all ready, send it over to him. And after, you know, a couple of years, maybe a year or so, he's like, why are you doing this? Like, get, get out of there. Like, your, your salary is comfortable, I understand. But, you know, go out, go out on your own. I guarantee you come over, work with me, you know, 
you'll you'll knock it out of the park. And I was very hesitant, you know, to go from you know okay salary and some commissions to go from as you know, a hundred percent commission. Yeah. I was just, it's sink or swim kind of thing, and I was you know hoping and praying. And it's funny because weird things happen at the weird times. You know, I was still thinking about it, and then I showed up to work on maybe like a Monday. And all of a sudden, everybody gets a blast email throughout the whole entire office and through the whole company. It's like mandatory conference call in half an hour. We get on the call. It's like, oh, you know, Wells Fargo Financial is going to be shutting their doors. No kidding. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess I'm going to make that jump. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Because sometimes signs uh, show up a little bit brighter than others. Yes, life, right? absolutely. I was, I was hoping for a sign. And that was, <laughs> that's definitely a good one. Being in the subprime market, though, I bet you really learned early on kind of what makes a difference for a, a buyer to be a credit or how to get a better rate or oh all and well and that was part of you know Caleb at the time telling me he's like if you could do these loans that are this hard and this horrible there's no way you can't do a good loan sure. it just makes it makes it even easier when the person's got good credit good income and good assets I bet you got some of your problem solving skills out of that. Oh, lots, lots of them, lots of them. It's funny though, because even as you know, being a lender for as long as I have, you always think that, okay, I sh- I've for sure seen every scenario possible. <laughs> I've seen every road bump or hiccup. But man, even you know, I've, I think I've done over a thousand real estate transactions, and I still, to this day, you see, all of a sudden you see something, and you're like, huh, I've never seen that, but I guess we're gonna find a way to overcome it. <laughs> I think that's key, right, to finding solutions to problems because the problems don't go away. They're just how do we fix it? Yeah, and I think, you know, like we've always talked about, you know, hitting hitting the problems head on and letting everybody know and being, you know, forthright and upfront of, hey, we didn't see this, but we're seeing it now. Here's what we're doing to try to solve this, and we've got these possible ways to try to make this happen. And if it's if it, we can make it happen, we're going to happen. If not, then we got to cut the cord and letting, you know, being – Having that good communication up front and letting everybody know if there's a problem, not trying to hide it, not answering your phone, not returning emails, because I know you guys from the real estate side, that's a huge red flag. If I'm not, you guys are trying to get a hold of a lender and you can't get a hold of them, in this day and age, everybody's got a cell phone. There's a reason why they're not answering the call. Yeah, definitely. For realtors that are listening, how important is it to choose a lender that knows what they're doing? I think it's probably one of the most key, pivotal things for an agent is making sure they have a lender that can actually say they can get the job done and can get the job done, especially within a timely manner. And, you know, you guys know here in the Central Valley, we were really isolated. It's different than a lot of other cities in California where having a local presence is extremely important. I pride myself on having that ultra level of customer service, speed, execution, because I live in this community. I, my kids go to school here. I have a huge tie to everybody that's here in this community. So I find that, you know, I have a, a huge found respect to be able to provide for these buyers, knowing that they're going to talk about me an agent's going to talk about me. I want to be performing for everybody. So having that local presence and local performances is, is key. Whereas an outside lender from LA they could do a bad job here. They don't care. Right. They, they don't yeah. have a responsibility That's a, that's to a good the point, area. giving back to the community you live in. Mm-hmm. So when your name's at the bottom of a pre-approval letter, the listing agents have been around a while, that means something. Right? I, absolutely. I, I would say there's a, you know, for all of my buyers, whenever they're submitting offers, I'm reaching out to the listing agents and I'm giving, you know, as, as much information that they need to know that, you know, we've gone above and beyond to qualify this person. I'm saying that they're qualified. They're definitely going to get this loan. There's no hesitation. And, you know, I think that it's beneficial with 
amount of transactions that I've had over time, um, I've probably come across tons of listing agents that they're, you know, reaching out to them. I had one recently that I was able to reach out to that I've worked with for, you know, a dozen years. And he knew right away, like, okay, I know this deal solid, but I still wanted to make that extra effort and say, here, here's why a little bit extra of why this deal is solid and why you should take our offer versus any of the other ones you guys may have. Making that phone call and taking the initiative is huge. Um, what, you know, there's a team environment in real estate. It takes a whole village to get people from the initial pre-approval to getting keys. What, what do you feel like from your perspective is the realtor's role in the financing piece? Is there one? Um, or is it just the introduction? I, I, th- I think the in- I think the intro, knowing, knowing a little bit about the buyer enough to find out, you know, I, I would say more um, personality matching, so to speak, when they're lining their buyers up with a specific lender to make sure that they'll be able to work well together. But on the financing side, I don't think that's, you know, any realtor needs to be ultra concerned other than that they can buy what they're saying that they're going to be able to buy. It's not going to hamstring them. They're not going to a lender that's wanting them to get approved for more than that they're comfortable getting approved with. But, you know, I don't think any you guys have enough to handle as far as within the transaction alone, getting the deal in, getting all the inspections done, and even getting the offer accepted is, you know, work in itself. I get asked this all the time. How soon is too – or how – how much is too early? How soon is too early? However, however I want to say that for a prospective to get buyer to get pre-approved. Oh, I tell people all the time, don't wait, don't wait. Someone will come to me and say, you know what, I was referred, but you know, I'm probably not going to buy it for six months to a year. Good, let's do your pre-approval now because if you got some skeleton in the closet that you may not even know about, mm-hmm. it's better we find that out today. If there's something going on in a bank account of some regular occurrence that we could try to avoid, or if there's something on, you'd be surprised how many people who think they have really good credit and who may not monitor their credit. Mm-hmm. Maybe some, we had one recently where there was a, a $50 collection that popped on a guy's credit report and it handed him like 60 points on a score. So if you don't know, if you're not actively checking your credit report, you really don't know. And then also too, I don't think it, I don't think it hurts anybody to know what a monthly payment's going to look like, what they qualify for. So when they are ready, they already know it's not something that's going to be a sticker shock to them. And I think also too, People, people think pulling their credit is some like horrible yeah, thing. It's, yeah, it's gonna, gonna just, knock my points down. Yeah, you're on like your points down like three points. Like no, that's not gonna happen. But where where I think it's important is just to be ready, just in case. You have people who are like, ah, oh, you know, I'll buy a house if the right one comes up. And that's when it popped up on the MLS on Friday at three o'clock in the afternoon, and they're Every calling time. you, and you're like we got to hurry up and get this pre-approval done right away. And it's like, oh, is that that couple from two months ago that they've had the past <laughs> that two, I have nothing on? Yeah, the two months that they could have done a whole lot of legwork on but didn't do uh, anything? But, yeah, I don't think it ever hurts to get in the process early. For sure. What are you telling buyers right now about the – what are you seeing in the market? Well, obviously, rates are going up. You know, I don't have to be living under a rock maybe to not notice that. Um, I say just like everything, you know, rates go up, rates go down, values go up, values go down. Um, another realtor, you know, told me this couple months back, it was actually, this is when rates were a little bit lower, but, um, you know, a buyer's going to, they're going to want to marry their house and they're going to want to date their mortgage. That's going to be something that you may not date the mortgage for the next 30 years. It might be the next two or three years. As long as you're comfortable with it now, it may be two, three, 10, 20 years. We don't know, but rates 
we don't ever see rates just say stable for a long period of time. They're going to go up and they're going to go down. Um, but I also look at the benefits of buying a house that kind of outweigh waiting. I look at appreciation, things like that over time, that building equity in a house. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, people talk about, oh, you know, I don't want to buy a house at the rate 6%. And you're like, okay, well, you're renting, right? Yeah, I'm renting. Like, what's the rate on your rent? Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, your rate's 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not, you're not yeah. getting, you're not getting anything out of your, out of your rent payment. You're, no, you're no. all you're doing is building equity for somebody else. And rents are sky high. Right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. You don't have the security of home ownership. I mean, somebody, an owner can give you a 60 day notice and you know, at the end of your lease. Or, or, you're, or, 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 or you're actually in, it's not even a hundred. You're in, you're in like a negative amortization interest only type of loan that can eventually just keep on going up and up and up you know, your, your rate can always be raised so there's really no stability in that front too that's true i had a client tell me called me here a little bit earlier and he said you know i'm not i can refi the rate at some point i'm more concerned about the price i can't change the price i can change the rate sure and i think that kind of goes to what you were saying about dating yeah. the rate i kind of like that yeah you're you're gonna you're gonna you can change it over time as long as that's like trying to tell the buyers now if you're comfortable with it today then let's go. Especially if you're paying, you know, two, you know, two thousand twenty five hundred dollars a month rent. Well, you need to be talking about buying a house. That's just you're just throwing way too much money away on a yearly basis. Absolutely. What's the worst thing about your job? Um, I don't know. I mean, I would. I guess I would say the worst thing. I mean, which really isn't such a bad thing, is that um, you know, the volatility of it. I would say that you could have. You know, 10, 15 deals in a pipeline today, and then all of a sudden they fund out and you're having to go find more business, you know, that aspect to it. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what kind of makes our jobs exciting, though, too, is that, it, you know, it puts the ball back in your court to be able to, you know, it's up to you to drive business. There's nobody out there driving it for you. Definitely. And I would guess, you know, the the way that you perform at such a high level that do you ever give up on filling your pipeline? I mean, do you ever stop and go, okay, I've, I've got enough clients or no, I'll, I'll never, never do that. I'm always trying to stay, you know, in front of, you know, guys like you and other agents that I want to try to just always stay in front of to make sure that, you know, there's still buyers coming in, you know, refinances are kind of few and far between as you probably could predict right now. Um, you know, I would say one of the, one of the only refinances that I think many of us in, at least in my office, are seeing are uh, divorce refinances. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, you have you have a, a some you know, couple who they want to keep their house. They one of them wants to keep the house, but the other one needs to get the equity out of the house. So you know, whether it doesn't matter what your rate is right now, you got to pull the equity out somehow. You don't stay together until you have a better rate. I yeah, guess. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Maybe that's a good marriage tip. Too. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there are those situations, and I tell agents all the time. There's situational things that people are always going to be buying and selling and job transfers, deaths, divorce, more kids. I mean, I don't think fear can get in the way of our success because that way we have no control over our actions, right? If we're victim to the environment around us, that's determined if we're successful or not, then, then, like you said, there's always going to be something. Yeah. We can, you can never predict the future. And I think it's one of the, just like to your point, housing is one of those, it's, it's not one of those things that you don't need. Right. You have to have a roof over your head. There's always going to be a time that you're going to buy. There's going to be an upsize. There's going to be a downsize. There's going to be a lateral move. Mom's going to need to move in. What? I mean, they're, they're endless types of reasons of why people are going to be buying and selling. So I think that, you know, our problem here in the Central Valley, although the supply is growing due to, you know, market conditions, I don't think that, you know, we'll ever be in a situation where we're going to be in an oversupply, especially in the Central Valley with more and more people coming to the area. 
builders permits are slowing down right now so builders aren't building as much and there's only so much building going on in our area oh for sure i agree with you 100 how much does mindset play into what you do i i mean it's it's, it's huge i mean you always got to be you know every every day is a grind every day is a hustle you're always oh just like you guys are always looking for always looking for business always looking ways you know new niches to find mm-hmm. business and especially in this market, that's you know partly why I'm you know kind of doing this type of thing now is trying to differentiate myself, get out. That's kind of the new you know the new media thing is being you know how can you be different than the other lenders that are out there speaking, being out more, um, just finding different ways to always talk about your craft. Based on the size of your guns, it's, we can't we can't see them, but what I can tell you about them, I'm assuming you're a pretty disciplined guy. I mean, what's your do you have a set, set schedule that you adhere to every day, or what? what is... Yeah, well, I mean, so as far as work is concerned, it, I mean, it's pretty flexible because I can do a lot for my house to start out the day. Every day, I'm always making it into the office, though. I just I like that environment, just like you guys here. I love the environment of other people around me that are working too. It just creates that good vibe that you want to come in. Other people are being successful. You want to be successful. So, you know, that's part of the daily routine. And then, you know, norm, the, the end day of the routine is pretty much typically the same every day. It's, you know, home by dinner for 6, 6.30, spend time with the family, the wife, the kids. Normally they go down to bed around 8.15, Emily at that time likes to have her alone time because the kids have probably ran her crazy all day. <laughs> and then I'm out to the gym from 8.30 to 11 o'clock at night and then do it all over the same day. Is that how long I have to go to? Have to <laughs> <laughs> no, you can probably get away with an hour a day. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit obsessive on the, on the working out piece, but it's, you know, there's also, you know, two and a half hours in there. It sounds, sounds like a long time. It is, but there's also, you know, 30 minutes of cardio, there's, you know, 15 minutes sitting in a sauna, there's stretching, you know, there's a lot of other stuff involved. So, I mean, I tell people, you know, if you're doing an hour a day, it's sufficient to be able to at least keep yourself in shape. That's kind of one of my, you know, new things, like I, you know, told you in our, our uh, back and forth texting is, you know, I'm working on, you know, branding myself on a marketing piece as, you know, the lifting lender, you know, not only do I lift heavy weights, I also, you know, lift the weight off the buyer's shoulders during a real estate transaction, make their life easy. So there's a lot that plays back and forth between the discipline on the lifting side and the discipline throughout the loan process for someone too. And it's just kind of one of those things that, you know, people at the gym all the time are always asking me questions. They're, oh, what do I, can I do this? What do you think about that? You know, so I'm like, okay, what can I have you ask me something about real estate, right, about right. lending? Yeah. I, can, I can answer questions about that, but use me as another resource, too. you got to get a shirt made or something. Oh, I'm, well, I'm working on branding and yeah. logos and all a that stuff. off with a real skinny strap at the top. Is yeah, that much? That's, yeah. that's it. Well, I've, I've actually got a, a cool logo being built. You'll, you'll appreciate it, too. I, have a, I sent you that picture of, I think I was deadlifting that day, like 640 pounds, and the bar is just, Jeez. you know, the bar is just arced, and I had a marketing guy. He's like, oh, that's really cool. He's like, what about if I just um, if I white drop the whole thing and then blacked you out, and silhouetted it, and then instead of the weights at the end, I've got two houses on the end of it, so it's like you're carrying the two houses. It's like, oh, but there you go. And when that was kind of what started the whole lifting lender phase of what I'm trying to get into now. I like it. It's a really good visual of what you do in the transaction too. Yeah, I mean, you got you guys know during the process, you guys get the offer accepted, and you're like, here. Your turn. Yeah. Take, yeah. take this thing to the races. Let me check yeah. it occasionally and make sure everything inspections are going good. But I mean, we do. Yeah, think about it. The bank is giving somebody 
hundreds of thousands of dollars. There's there's a lot that goes involved. I think there's a lot that a lot of people don't know that's involved in the process, and that's you know a lot of where I come into play from whatever angle they're at in the process, beginning, middle, end, and making sure that the buyers are educated throughout the whole entire process. They know what's going to happen, so it's not all of a sudden we start asking them for these different things and some giant eyes wide open experience it's like okay no you know during this process it's going to be this we're going to do that underwriting is going to tell us this process is going to tell us that appraisal is going to come back closing signing all these different processes you know when you tell a buyer for the first time they're like that sounds sounds overwhelming right (laughs) well yeah it kind of it kind of is when the bank's going to make sure you're fully vetted to pay them back the half a million dollars that you're borrowing from yes it's less overwhelming not knowing the process, not knowing what's coming down the pipe, not sure. knowing how to be prepared, not knowing what documents to gather. I think, I think that's a good point. So I bet some of that working out time is decompressing a little stress. Oh, yeah, I think that honestly, that's, a, I got into, you know, lifting as a part of the transition when I, you know, broke my spine. Um, but from there was kind of just a transition into bodybuilding and powerlifting. And then I got then started with, you know, lending and realizing, oh, this is a great this is a great outlet at the end of the day, especially once, you know, the kids and everything came along. It was, you know, a very nice decompression at the end of the day. Did a little run a little bit in the in the beginning in the mornings for a while, but that just didn't work out with all of our schedules and everything. So at the end of the day, so be it. I like it. How can people find you if they want to get all day? So easiest way, um, multiple different ways. Um, best is just my cell phone, 559-706-8091. You know, find me on Instagram, Justin underscore Tiso. Um, email, you know, really just, you know, any type of Google search my name, Justin Tiso, lender, Fresno, California, it'll pop up. Are you looking, do you have a certain niche or client avatar, they call it, that you're looking for? Or? No, I think any, and I love all buyers. I mean, obviously buyers is what we're looking for right now, but I, I love all buyers. It's, it's, you know, I had a really rewarding last month was just, um, you know, first time home buying couple. They just recently got married. And I mean, we ran the razor's edge with these guys at like 49.98 back end debt to income ratio. I mean, every, these stars had to align and they knew it going in that we've got an extreme uphill challenge. Rates are going up, you know, so... But they were like along for the ride and they whatever I needed them to do, they were like just on it every single spot of the process. So that was, you know, extremely nice, rewarding one. It was challenging. It took a lot of work from everybody involved in the process. But though, you know, first time home buyers, they're very appreciative ones to work with. They they know that you're going and doing a lot of work for them, holding their hand throughout the whole process. But then a seasoned buyer is just as nice too. You know, I have a couple now, they bought multiple houses and they know the gamut. They know when I ask them for a pay stub or a WD, okay, fine, I'll get it to you, bank statement, send it over, okay. They, they know what, you know, PITI is, you know, they know what closing costs are, they know, you know, the whole stretch of things. Those ones, I think though, it's funny because they're almost a little less, re- less rewarding for me internally because, you know, the first time homebuyers are so excited. It's the first house. When someone's fifth house, you know, to, to them it's kind of, you know. Some, yeah, some, yeah, it's not as exciting. No, anymore. some of them are, like, very excited, and then some are just like, all right, thanks. Talk yeah, to, talk to you later. Yeah. yeah, you know, it, it's funny, though, because I tell people that during the process, you know, once they go into escrow, and it's like, okay, we're going to have 
you know, either 20 or 30 day really close relationship right now. We're going to text each other. We're going to call. You're gonna, I'm going to be involved in your life. You're going to hear from me at 8 o'clock at night. You know, 8 o'clock in the morning, There's gonna, it's going to be constant communication. And then you're going to get your keys and shake hands and get a bottle of wine. And, you know, then then, then, we, then we'll get a, a nice amicable divorce. Yeah, right. But I'm always here. I'm always here in the background for, you know, for future when you're ready. But it's funny how that relationship is so close and the bond is there for such, a, you know, for that period of time. That's almost sad when it's over. You're like, oh, yeah. man, I miss those guys. They were yeah. a couple. Right. Absolutely. I had a friend tell me, do I need to buy a house to see you? When, I, when we're in escrow, you know, you call me all the time. When we're not, I feel like I never hear from you and I thought well maybe that's a reflection on my my friendship skills here but my <laughs> interpersonal relationship skills yeah. lacking with my friends it is, it's true but before we wrap up I have to ask you what what's the worst financial advice you've heard um when buying it don't buy it if you can't put 20 percent down don't buy a house um that's probably a bad one um I think I think when people the whole credit situation where people think that, you know, I don't want to pull my credit. I don't want to check my credits because it's going to drop my credit score 20 points. I think people, there's many misconceptions of people, you know, I think, you know, um, don't refinance unless you could save a full percentage on your rate. Although refinances are you know, neither here nor there right now, but those, there's just so many of them out there. People, I think maybe people taking advice from their neighbor rather than a professional yeah, we've seen that all the time. Probably not a great yeah. idea. If your 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 friend who just bought a house for the first time is trying to give you financial <laughs> advice of what you should do on your loan, and probably not go down that route. Yeah, I think process. You know, the process over perfection. You just got to take a step. Sometimes there's no ideal perfect scenario in anything in life, right? Just do it. Yeah. Do something. Yeah, yeah. Do something. Just don't sit on the fence. You know, there's. Yeah. You, know, you look at the you know people who buy houses. And you look at their, you know, generational wealth gained versus a rent, a lifetime renter, and it's exponential. You know, you want to be involved in that. That's that's the quickest, easiest way to gain wealth is just by owning a house. And if it's something that you're going to have to live in anyway, right. you might as well get in sooner rather than later. I mean, we're we're luckily, although as prices have gone up here in the valley, you know, we're. Still extremely affordable compared to the rest of the state. You know, I think that we were probably very undervalued for mm-hmm. some time, mm-hmm. but I think now we're coming to more realistic where I think that this is kind of more normal pace where where values are going to kind of probably stay flatten out maybe. But yeah. I guess I guess time will tell, right? Time will tell. Last question: What's the best financial advice you've ever received? The financial advice I've I've ever received, or maybe you just went through it about buying real estate. Yeah, I mean. I, I guess just you know I, that's a that's a very tough one. Best financial advice, you know, I, pro- I probably would be um, something as simple as max out your four hundred one k. Get invested in the market, even if it's small. Get in now. And I would you know the big picture time value of money. Yeah. I think that's maybe a lesson that's not taught enough in school, investing early, especially in your career, how much that wealth gains over, you know, that period of time. And once that is established, how much that gains, although not today, with what happened. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's not the $1,200 hit on the doubt today, yeah. but over the court, over the span of time, you know, as long as you're investing early and you keep on investing, you know, you're going to see, you're going to see return on your money. I think I heard something recently was a, um, one of the financial guys I was listening to, you know, if if you invest at starting at thirty, five hundred, yeah, six thousand dollars a year starting at thirty, 
by age 60, you'll have a million dollars. No kidding. Yep. Compound interest. Compound interest. Time value of money. I love it. That's a great way to end. Well, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it.